What it is, what it do, gamers. Uh, my name is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and you've got episode six, season one of Gaming Vessels popped and locked in your auditory canals. I am along, along with me on this ride. We In the digital studio, we have Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming. What's up, bro? <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, not much. And also with us, we have the Bay Area Terra Dez, a.k.a. Nemo Cub. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Just still trying not to keep my head from spinning from all this E3 goodness we had, you know. Got your I head know. on swivel. It did. It did. <laughs> you know, some of it was good. Some of it was bad. But we're going to talk all about it, you know, in, in this week's episode. Yes, yes. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But... I wanted to kick this episode off with a discussion and we can go as in-depth or as shallow as you guys want to. It's just something that's kind of been bothering me. Uh, it's been bothering me for a while, but it just kind of resurfaced uh, after the the shenanigans of E3 had wrapped up. And this will probably get me in trouble, but if you've known me long enough, that trouble and and the things that come out of my mouth that get me in trouble, you know, it, that doesn't bother me. I'm just, I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, I've noticed there's a cult of fanboy that has been, it's been going on, but it just really resurfaced over the past, I'd say, week, maybe week and some days. I'm, I'm seeing statements by so-called professionals and uh, so-called community gaming community leaders and it's very odd um like i i heard one fairly well-known uh, professional and i'm not going to call anybody's any call anybody out that's not what i'm here to do but uh this guy went on his uh, it was not on twitter it was a link that was posted on twitter from another social media site and it kind of mentioned you know talking about uh after the One X, the Xbox One X was mentioned, uh, with all the specs and everything was announced, that um, he didn't want uh, PlayStation players coming over to the Xbox because you know there some of them are showing interest in this new console, and he didn't want them over here because they were the ones talking. Uh, power this and power that when the, this generation started and he didn't want uh, them coming in and, and poisoning his community as if either one of these uh, online communities was a freaking digital utopia. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, like he's the, like he's the, uh, uh, the Xbox Pope and he's excommunicating <laughs> I hereby excommunicate you from my platform of choice. And I just find it, I just find this very weird, very bizarre um, that uh, even if you own the product, that criticizing it, by criticizing some of the things that you don't like about it, you have offended somebody, you have offended groups of people. And I just don't understand it. Um, just a, a quick aside, I grew up, uh, I used to be a bigger gearhead than I am now. It, it, I'm, I still like cars, but I'm not as in-depth with them as I used to be. 
But my dad used to take me to car shows. This is going back to like the late 70s, early 80s. And and you would hear um, talks about people, you know, I'm a Ford guy, I'm a Chevy guy, I'm a Chrysler guy, you know, the big three. And at the car shows, you'd hear people getting into these arguments and discussions. And every now and then you'd hear, you know, stories about family members no longer speaking to each other because uh, a Chrysler family, uh, one of the sons decided to step outside the box and buy a Ford. And nobody wants to talk to him about that anymore. And this is this is a certain subsect of the car cult culture, namely the uh, the muscle car culture. And I always thought that was weird, you know, how, you know, since when did does uh, my opinion of a consumer product affect your self-esteem? You know, maybe it's me. I I just don't understand it. If if I'm playing a game or I'm buying I've purchased a console or I've, you know, purchased a car and I post something about that on Twitter and someone says, man, that's a piece of crap. That game sucks. That console sucks. It, it doesn't affect my enjoyment of that product because my self-esteem is in no way attached to a tangible, physical consumer product that was built by a corporation that doesn't give two whips about me personally anyway. They don't even know I exist. I'm just uh, a tick in their in their sales data that they uh, collect every month. So I don't know when. I, I don't, let me ask you guys this. And like I said, we can get it in depth and or as shallow as we want to because we do have a lot of information to talk about uh, with the wrapping up of E3. But when when did this happen? I mean, did, did you know? My wife has a minor in psychology. Did did she miss something in psychology today? Where, where consoles were wrapped up in, in or are part of your self-esteem or consumer goods in general well, are yeah. that. And if you dare have yeah. something critical to say, what am I missing here? You know, it's, it, it's all in the messaging and it's just the marketing and, and the amount of money that you can pay for a certain thing. That's what it like. That's the whole thing about about a lot of this stuff, you know, being able to spend. You know, four ninety nine, five hundred, however much money you you want in order to purchase a you know a uh, a luxury item, and it's a status symbol. It is something to say, hey, look at how you know, look at how quote unquote well off I am because I have the ability to spend this money. You know, it's the same thing with like, you know, people are like pushing or you know Xbox is saying you know, hey, you know, we do you know 4k tvs and blah 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 and this and that but not everyone has a 4k tv because people most people can't roll like that you know so so yeah i think it's great but by and large and i i really believe by and large the majority of of gamers you know are casuals like I, i'm sorry you know I, I just i believe that people come home they play their they play their games on their normal television you know and then they and then they go to bed and they go to work you know it's just <laughs> You know, and and I think the it's always the smallest the smallest faction that 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 yells the loudest. Mm. So when you have a you know a large you know base you know or who are you know fans of a certain thing, and then and then that those people, um, they're the, the, the they're like 
they're like marketing. It's like it's like that almost like that brand loyalty as well. Uh, but it really comes down to the fact that that these are these are status symbols, and you can you know tell folks like, hey, I I got this thing, I I have this thing, and it creates a you know it creates a have and a have nots. You know, if you want to compare it to you know to to car culture, you know, you could see that the you know the the Xbox One X is a cherry you know red Mustang you know muscle car boom you know can do anything you know and you have the Nintendo and it's like a reliable car it's a family car it's like I look at the Nintendo Switch and it's like it's like a minivan you know it's like you know all people can get into it everyone can play it it's all great yay it doesn't cost that much you know it, it's affordable it's economical you know but then people want to complain. You know, people want to complain. Oh, it's not powerful enough. Oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. It's like people want to complain about everything. You know, that's that's just the the nature of of who we are because we have choices. I think, I think the nature the nature of choices, you know, gives us the or makes us feel that we have the option to complain about things, especially on the internet. I mean, I even started on the on the internet in in, in which everyone now has an opinion about everything. You know. Um, <laughs> Which goes to a much deeper thing, which is much more out of the scope of, of a video game, uh, co- uh, podcast, you know. But I, I mean, I for one, you know, I'm gonna play what I want to play. I very rarely, um, get into, uh, Twitter, you know, conversations or Twitter back and forth with folks because, you know, I have a lot more things to do, like in my, in my life and my time, so. So I usually don't don't comment or get or get into like you know Twitter fights, but I but I do read them. I, I think that they're highly entertaining to watch people. Yes, you know, really are. push their really push their point, and and that's another thing. It's like I don't think it's like it's like that old saying. You know, people don't people don't listen to understand; they listen to respond, and it's the same thing with responding on something in the internet. People people read to respond they don't read to understand what the, what the person is saying you know and i think that's what happens so you have these rabid fanboys that are just like you know oh you know i have to have this or i have to have that or or this is better because it does this and it does that and it's oh, great you know great and if you can afford that more power to you you know that's that's why i'm so happy i'm friends with joe you know because i could just Joe's going to buy all the stuff. I'll go over there, experience it, you know, be like, hey. So so my <laughs> advice to everyone listening is go get yourself a friend like Joe, okay? Go get a Joe. Go get a Joe. <laughs> get a Joe because they'll get it, and you can just play it at their house, you know, because that's the thing, you know. Y'all can afford it. You know, I will I will hang on to those coattails like a mother. You know, I'll be like, what are we playing today? <laughs> what new games you got now? <laughs> so... What do you think, um, Joe? What's your thoughts about that? Well, it just goes back to, you know, maybe a lack of identification in their own identity, possibly. You know, because it's so like, you know, just like Xbox fanboys. You can see them with the little Scorpio tails and whatnot online. And the same thing, there's probably PS4 fanboys that react the same way and, and go back and forth. And uh, I hate having to be put in a category to myself personally. And uh, I know I have a preference for PlayStation, at least now, but uh, it just depends on where I want to play at the particular time. I, I don't consider my brand of video games would be that entrenched in my uh, own self-identity and self-worth that I'm sitting here just like losing my mind or going back and forth, you know, you know, just with this E3, there's, there was some, you know, some 
marketing BS being thrown on both sides and, you know, both Microsoft and Sony's side. And, you know, there's some bad moves being made, I think, on both sides of the fence. There's good moves made on both sides of the fence. So now whether my reaction to something, I'm trying to be as impartial as humanly possible. I know this last week on Twitter, we were making a conversation about, uh, you know, true 4k and all the buzzwords from Xbox one X and from the Microsoft, um, marketing team on there. Uh, I think what, uh, that, you know, they're just Micah Barra for especially it's like uncompromised 4K. It's like, but, you know, when you look at it, it's like, OK, Assassin's Creed Origins is running the same checkerboard technique to get up the 4K as the PlayStation 4 Pro version of the game. And so it's just uh, seeing a lot of people barking back and forth about that this week. And then, you know, just to me, I I don't want to throw shade on anyone i'm trying to be as open-minded and as uh open as possible because you know hey i love video games i don't care where i get them from you know so mm-hmm. and um you know as far as especially this week this week is like a who won e3 it's like you know you gotta dial it back i mean e3 is not really a competition it's not something to where you know but unfortunately it's going to become a point of discussion especially amongst people that feel they need to be the winner you know <laughs> so it's like especially if, if i'm an ex xbox fanboy or a playstation fanboy whether i'm going to go to the defense of playstation or i'm going to defend the honor of xbox or defend the honor of nintendo i just i just don't understand it it's just uh i think it's a big microcosm on the internet especially uh, i don't know if 10 15 years ago you know whether <laughs> You know, we saw a lot of like, you know, Genesis versus Super Nintendo or, you know, brand preference and, you know, um, um, brands kind of fanboys of each console kind of going at it. But it was never to where, you know, got as toxic as it has been online a little bit, you know, so. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, I go back to uh, in television in 2600 and I can remember with. Me and my buddies, you know, each one of us have our own little, you know, three-month-old raggedy copy of uh, Electronic Gaming's Monthly and going through and talking, well, I got Space Hawk and you got Space Invaders and well, I got this, I got that. And we just, you know, make our case as little elementary school kids and, oh, man, next this weekend I want to come over and I want to play this game that you just got for your birthday. And... That's where it ended. We had our preferences, but at the end of the day, it was just fun to debate and just go on with whatever we were doing, whatever activity we were doing that day at recess. But now we're getting this, well, we don't want you back in the community. You left Xbox or you left PlayStation. We don't want you back. It's like, well, who the hell are you to tell me how to spend my discretionary funds? Well, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is the new, that is the new element. We have these czars, popes, whatever you want to call them, who are going to be the gatekeepers, the arbitrary gatekeepers for the purity of their online community. Well, you, you, you know, for a fact that Microsoft does not give a flying rat's ass. They'll collect money from whoever they want to collect from. So what personification they have, it's just like, 
sports, if you want to talk about sports, like, you know, like a Giants fan getting assaulted at the L.A. Dodgers, you know, at Dodger Stadium uh, five, six years ago, you know, where, you know, you're going to hate someone so much that you're going to assault someone in the parking lot and bring him to, you know, where, you know, he's, his life is affected. And I don't want to see that, you know, maybe at a at a Xbox One X launch, you know, maybe at a GameStop where, you know, you have PS4 fanboys harassing, <laughs> you know, I doubt it. Oh, but. You know, in a way, I would probably want to put that on a pay-per-view and <laughs> well, yeah, it's that not might that actually serious. be entertaining. <laughs> it is not that serious. I hope it's not that serious. So, But, um, but anyway, I, you know, I just wanted to that's just something that has just kind of puzzled me. It's been puzzling me for quite a while and it just kind of reared his head with the, like I said, the, what took place at E3 this year. But we have a lot of content to talk about, uh, mostly focusing on Nintendo uh, with their presentation, their uh, Treehouse and Nintendo Direct presentations that they did on, I believe it was Tuesday, right? Yeah, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. So, Joe, why don't you kick us off when that, with that uh, bit of goodness that they had to show? Okay, well, at Nintendo's digital event, it was a nice, hot 30 minutes of uh, gaming goodness on there. They started off with a trailer of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on there. Uh, that game is going to be released by the end of 2017. Uh, they were working on translating it as the game is developed. I guess uh, did get a chance to watch the Treehouse a little bit uh, about that game, and they said that they were been working on the game Um after Xenoblade Chronicles X kind of concluded. And if you really think about it, it took a while for Xenoblade Chronicles X to actually be released in the U.S. So they've been done with that game for a bit of time, but they said that they were using the technology that they, um, the engine that they developed from that game and basically did not bother to, uh, they create a new game on top. They basically used the same engine on that to create an entirely different game after the conclusion of that game. And so they're working on getting it out. I believe it's being um, translated into X amount of languages. It's being handled by Nintendo Europe on there, which handled the first Xenoblade Chronicles. So, you know, some like I think one of the characters in the game has a British accent on there. I don't know if you ever played the original Xenoblade Chronicles, any of you, you know, either you or uh, Desmond. But, uh, you know, that game was initially the game that was released in only in UK and Europe, which created Operation Rainfall on that, that created a movement to get those RPGs for the Wii to get released in the US. And so it's kind of cool because playing Xenoblade Chronicles off and on, um, I do like the British accents in the first game. And so I'm I'm grateful that, you know, if it's going to be English, it might be the motherland English, you know, from Great Britain on them. Hopefully that they, you know, have other voice actors in the game too on that to kind of incorporate everything but uh, they're still promising uh, a 2017 holiday release i just hate to see if this game's going to come hot and heavy like a couple weeks before christmas or kind of thing you know hopefully it still has an audience and they get it out uh when it can get noticed i, I think i would rather them take their time on it versus rushing but the the footage i've seen in the game is uh, quite good so yeah i'll probably play it on the switch when i get it yeah yeah, I missed the first Xenoblade Chronicles because I had I had a Wii I still had a Wii then, but there was just so much, so many other games going on at the time that it just got my it, it just got buried. 
and there were a couple of things with regards to the um, uh, the exploration that I had some concerns about, and something that I always wanted to go back to, but I just never did. But uh, you know, releasing at that time, uh, if it if it's going to release holiday 2017, they really have to pick that release date, that specific release date, carefully, because there's there's minefields <laughs> being oh, released at that time. This, this is a Japanese RPG. It's going to stick out like a sore thumb. You know, I don't think they're competing with anything on their uh, console for mindshare on that. I think the only thing that's coming around around the same time is what the Nino Kune 2 for uh, PS4 and PC. So, I mean, if uh, highbrow, like high bar um, Japanese RPGs, it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, hopeful that this game that monolith kind of brings the thunder i know xenoblade chronicles x was kind of a, a, a like a side uh game you know where they um pretty much uh kind of did a like a new type of game that they're experimenting with but this goes back to kind of the the uh gameplay of the first game the original xenoblade chronicles on the wii so so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Well, I so. think they're gonna. I think I think it's gonna do fine. The only re- one of the reasons why is because people need stuff to play on the Switch. So yeah. So I think it'll do fine. Yeah, this is AAA Japanese Japanese RPG goodness. So I'm just definitely looking forward to. It, so, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, other games that were announced during the stream too. We'll kind of bundle these two together because they're kind of in the same wheelhouse. Uh, they unveiled both a Kirby game and a Yoshi game for the Switch on there, and uh, the footage looked excellent. The, they had both like ten of titles, so they didn't even have full titles for it yet. But uh, did any of you two get the chance to watch any of the uh, movies or the footage of both platformers? I saw the Kirby, uh, the Kirby trailer. I, I did not see the the presentation as a whole yet, but I did see the Kirby trailer on YouTube, and I I will be buying it because that is my favorite. <laughs> he is my favorite uh, platformer mascot. I saw the Yoshi one. Yeah, the Yoshi one. I was, yeah, you know, I, it was cute. I mean, I was like, "Hey, this is cute." You know, that's the thing. It's like Nintendo is n- never a shortage for cute stuff. So, so I was like, "Okay, you know, this looks fun." And especially the Kirby game. I mean, you're talking about four player, you know, co op, you know, platforming. It's definitely looks like it's in the same Kirby style of other games in the series. Uh, I don't think there's any like motif like the 3DS games. Like you know, you have like you know, cybernetic Kirby and. <laughs> other uh, subgenre like you know like riffing off of different powers that kind of thing so i think it's weird that he's not eating them anymore do you think think that's kind of weird i mean i think he eats some of them but other ones he becomes their friends and i'm like no i want you to eat them like that that was was like your shtick buddy it's like you you carnivorous kirby we want him back that that was was so weird about this cute blob that was like eating things like literally eating your enemies and becoming them it's like what and now they're taking (laughs) that away it's like that was one of the coolest things. It was just, it was so bizarre and Japanese that, like, I just don't see why they would change it. Like, that's, like, just make him eat cooler stuff, you know? <laughs> well, we'll have to see. You know, this is just basically just like a slice of the game. And, you know, with it being so, you know, out of reach, it's coming out in 2018. Same thing with Yoshi. So they're still working on it. For what they showed, though, it, it did look quite good uh the whole thing with yoshi and and what they're doing this time i know they've done a couple of yarn games with yoshi and now uh this is incorporating uh like 2d planes with uh, paper and uh, 
basically with cardboard and you're able to go, um, you know, obviously platform in the foreground, but also platform in the, in the background. You're able to jump planes on that and flip the uh, view of the um, background if need be. So it's like, you know, looking behind like a, a 2D plane and, and uh, flipping it over to the other side. Kind of remind me a little bit of Little Big Planet in execution a little bit as far as the um, back and forth and the platforming. So I'm definitely uh, interested in that too. And hopefully they just make it with a decent enough challenge and don't make it for babies like you know, with the Yarn Yoshi. So. Mm -hmm. we'll have to see on that but uh, you know, at least they're bringing the content and then um, they also went over the Breath of the Wild DLC which is uh, coming out I believe in two separate uh, packages on there of course they're still advertising the season pass on that as well um, the DLC does look quite good um, I know one is like a whole separate story after the end of the game, but the, uh, I think the uh, first pack has to do with a hard mode uh, that they're going to be offering, which you know normally is included with the game without having to pay for it. But a, you know, this is the modern console era, you know, so I guess that's what happens in these cases. And then they um, had a couple of other tentative announcements, just just to throw it out there. Um, they mentioned that they're working on a core Pokemon game for the Switch, and that means RPG style, like the mainline uh, Pokemon titles for portables. Oh no! So, so that's a definitely good news. After all the um, kind of people were wanting and just needing that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, the uh, little uh, Pokemon Direct that they did like about a week and a half ago. They were thirsty for uh, Pokemon, the mainline Pokemon game on the Nintendo Switch. So I'm glad everyone, at least at Nintendo, said, hey, we got it going. Just hold your horses. Be patient kind of thing. So so I'm pretty sure they're going to rack up the, the uh, sales with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon uh, this holiday on the 3DS console. So, so at least. And then... Uh, they also announced Metroid Prime 4. And that's one thing that uh, people were kind of anticipating and been like, you know, it's just, it's just like uh, waiting for like Last Guardian from Sony or like Final Fantasy, <laughs> uh, you know, as well. Like that kind of game that's just people have been just thirsty for. So I'm finally glad that they uh, announced it. I know Reggie was making comments saying that they kind of made an exception this time to announce it so early in development just for the fact that they knew everyone was so thirsty for it. So I'm just wondering, that. like, do you think it's still going to be first person? Um, I believe so. I don't think they wow. would call it Metroid Fine Prime Four if it wasn't going to be a first person game. It's going to fall in the in the roots of the previous games in the series and. Mm. One thing they made a note of afterwards, this came out like maybe a week, a uh, day after the announcement, but uh, Retro, the studio that developed uh, Prime 1 through 3, are not the studio that is developing Metroid Prime 4. And I think I mentioned on the show last week that uh, a lot of the main uh, heads of um, Retro Studios left after Metroid Prime 3, and um, they have new staff on board. That's probably the reason why they haven't really brought out a game uh, since Donkey Kong uh, Country Returns on the Wii U. 
on that but um ret- retro supposedly is working on some other stuff so but uh, they do have a, a unknown team together but it's being headed by uh Kintsubi Tanabe which is like the uh like the producer of the Metroid series he's been responsible for the Metroid series for quite a bit of time you know he's the one well, unfortunately, that was responsible for other M too. So, you know, whether that's a good thing, bad thing, for good or the... for worse. I think other M had some interesting gameplay mechanics. I just don't think it just kind of gelled together well. That was my only real cons- issue with the game because I played it. I think that it could have been something really intriguing, gameplay-wise, uh, for the Metroid series, but it some mechanics just didn't go together well. So, but kudos for them trying something different, you know, not everything works. Well, I think one of the main reasons, too, why they announced Metroid Prime 4, too, is that they knew they were going to get a hell of a ton of shade from Nintendo fans. If Because uh, further on after the Direct, when they kicked off the Treehouse, um, they announced a... Um, Metroid game for the 3DS. They announced uh, Metroid Samus Returns, which is a remake of uh, Metroid 2 on the Game Boy on that. So it wasn't really covered in the direct, but in my opinion, I think they had to throw that out there because if they didn't throw that they're working on Prime 4 uh, for the Switch, you're going you're gonna to get the same blowback as they got with the um, Pokemon announcement a week and a half ago where people said, where's the Switch version? They want it for the Switch. They're just thirsty. They need it. They, and they need games it, for that so. console. Like they just spent money on this console. They want games for it. I don't blame them. Yeah. All right. And another game that got unveiled during the direct is the um, Fire Emblem Warriors game that's coming out fall of 2017 from Tecmo Koei and Nintendo. And I did watch quite a bit of the Treehouse coverage of this later on on there um it's gonna come out for 3ds as well but it's just like hyrule warriors legends it's only for the new 3ds versus all the 3ds family of systems on there but uh, the footage that i got a chance to watch was the um the switch version and it looked quite good on there so i'm a fire amp what do you think about those like i i know that they're kind of cool but do you think that that like we're seeing a lot of those uh franchises coming out with games like that do you think that's that's a good thing or a bad thing or or i don't know i never really got into them like the only one that i ever played was like dynasty warriors because that was sort of like the og yeah but so i don't know it seems like are they just following form because it is 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 somewhat expected from them or or they're just trying to give you know their property more legs you know what i mean uh I think it's fan service for one. I think it's because uh, those games sell very well in Japan. I mean, uh, oh, they have okay. a good pedigree on there. And, I mean, they've you know built a fan base in the U.S. in the last few years. But, you know, before where, you know, like five, ten years ago, like EGM would basically deem Dynasty Warriors as a butt of a very bad joke that people didn't understand. Just like you have a Madden every year, just like you have a sports game every year, you could release iterations of the same concept and and have separate um, nuances on that and still actually be a valid game per se. So, and 
you know, it just depends on what side of the boat you're on. I know a lot of people only are in the Musos because of the fact of the fan service of the franchise that they like to play on that. Like, I know there's a lot of fans of Hyrule Warriors out there, but those are Zelda fans that get to play the Musou games. They don't usually play a Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah. On That's there, true. so it's kind of a good gateway. Like for me, playing the Dragon Quest um, Warriors games, um, you know, Dragon Quest Heroes in this case. On that, that uh, that's like my Dragon Quest, you know, fan service right there. Like, you know, throw everyone from the series into one game, you know, in the same like kind of mainframe Muso style, and or you know, like say if you're a fan of One Piece, you know, One Piece Pirate Warriors. I mean, there were at least three of those for God's sake. Or Kevin, I know you, and you know, I even though I know they didn't work on. Omega Force didn't work on the games directly, like the Fist and the North Star type games. You know, it's it's just those are good, uh, you know, games in the wheelhouse where you know you get a chance to play uh, your favorite characters in the style of game that you know and love too, as well with the Muso style on there. Uh, granted, I mean, I would love to see more just original games in those properties, but at the same time, it's like. Um, they could keep making Mus- licensed Muso games. I know they talked about where I think the ultimate dream is to make a Star Wars Muso game, but uh, hopefully they get a chance. No, point, so. no, that's not the ultimate dream. The ultimate Muso game would be Pokemon. Just have Pikachu running around, you know, throwing tails, lightning bolts everywhere, giant lightning attacks, swinging his tail around and stuff. Give us a Pokemon Muso game. Make it happen. <laughs> Well, well and, who, who would they you know, be battling? I mean, <laughs> well, you're fighting you know, it's waves also, and waves of various Team Rocket people. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it's also a good thing for, for people like me. I've never played a Fire Emblem game, and I've never played a Dragon Quest game proper. Uh, and depending if it's turn-based or not, I probably never will. But these Muso these fam, you know, these Muso games are be, are able to present these characters from these universes that I'm not familiar with. And, you know, maybe at some point I might try that title that, the, that, you know, that fire emblem proper or that dragon quest proper because of the Muso game that I played before, you know, I'm okay. That those characters were pretty interesting. Uh, when I ran around and, and killed 150 million people with, you know, with one, uh, I'll take a look and see what the what that what the game that they're from, you know, their proper the RPG is, maybe take a look at that. You know, that's how I look at it. You know, I I've never like I said before, I've never played a Dragon Quest game. I've never played a Fire Emblem game, but uh I'll play a Muso game with those characters in it because it'll at least give me an insight into what people have been talking about with regards to those franchises, you know, yeah. maybe not a very accurate one because you're throwing characters from multiple, uh, series in the games, but at least it kind of cracks the window into that aspect. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Hey, maybe next time I'm, you know, I'm looking for an RPG to play. Maybe I'll, I'll grab a, copy of fire emblem or i'll check out a dragon quest title and you know proper and see what it has to offer so yeah well the whole thing about fire emblem even bring brought out to the u.s to begin with had to do with the fact that uh, they're in uh, smash brothers melee the gamecube smash brothers on there that they had what roy and uh, marth i think marth. In, in those uh, that in that title which kind of 
um, inspired Nintendo to actually translate a Fire Emblem game and release it in the U.S. and Europe, for God's sake, that. Because the Fire Emblem series started out on the uh, NES, if, if I'm not mistaken. So so it's, it's been around, at least in Japan, for a while. So. so, and then the main game that they focused on and they ended the... Um, Nintendo digital event had to do with the announcement of uh, Super Mario Odyssey on that and kind of unveiling it a little bit more on that. It's coming out on October uh, 27th on there. They kind of showed more of the hub gameplay with uh, New Donk City on there and the ability of uh, Mario's hat on there, which he could throw and transform into any number of different characters, including a T-Rex, all that. Um, they all for, get like a little mustache that was so bizarre. yeah and then Ooh. that theme song oh that theme song was amazing <laughs> oh with the uh, jazzy thing well yeah it was oh, like this oh, jazzy oh. singer and stuff it's just it was so like i don't know just something about it it just reminded me you know what it reminded me of if you ever heard the original uh yu yu Hakusho um opening theme song it yeah reminded, yeah it reminded me that oh <laughs> i knew God. i reckoned it, God. yeah it did sound like that that is, like, that is exactly correct like i seriously sat there and i watched that i watched that trailer over and over again because of that that damn song like i was yeah. like it's so good anyway anyway <laughs> yeah I, uh, I i had that same uh, inclination but i couldn't remember where that that similar beat pacing you know vocals i i came from i was thinking it came from anime but yeah it did sound like yu yu Hakusho. it was as the ending credits were rolling uh, yeah well, it's, it's like it's, it's in that like a like a traditional jazz style you know so it's cool it kind of remind me a little bit of um sonic adventure the first one for dreamcast too even though i know the main theme song for that was a uh, guy from mr big but that's a whole other thing in a nutshell right there but uh um, I liked what I saw of Odyssey. I think um, we're going to see a little bit more imagination. I did like Galaxy 1 and Galaxy 2, but uh, a lot of people are, like I mentioned last week, are trying to see if they could get back to the gameplay of Mario 64 and Super Mario um, Sunshine on that to be able to get back to that style a little bit. And then the uh, Treehouse coverage, at least with the um, director of the game, they acknowledged the fact that uh, they did wanted to see that there was instances of influence from sunshine in uh, super mario odyssey so definitely enjoyed what i saw of it i think uh, it's good that uh, you know because the ones for wii u like super mario uh god what's the name of that games it's help me out help me out what's the name for the doing the mario game on the wii u it's just, just oh uh, super, what's that. The super mario worlds galaxy Gal- yeah. not- no, not Galaxy. Odyssey? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's an it's another Mario game, and it came out for a while ago. So yeah, um, Super Mario 3D World. Three- okay, <laughs> yeah, Super Mario 3D World is the one I was okay, thinking of. So yeah, yeah and uh, they had the four player gameplay. You know, I'm glad that they're going back to more of a single player. Um, adventure uh the whole like new super mario's brothers and new super mario brothers you i like that they're biting off the old uh platforming style but uh i've been hankering for uh, a good 3d mario for a while so so any thoughts you guys on super mario odyssey are you excited for it i will be buying it <laughs> 
and I will be playing it, and I will be beating it. That's <laughs> okay. all I gotta say. The game looks great. It's I love Mario. I that's the one thing that I was happy about. Whenever a new console comes out, we get a new Mario game, and I'm excited as hell for it. So yes, it looks great. I think it's it's gimmicky, but that's it's Mario. You know, I can't I I can't be mad at Mario. Seriously, yeah. It's just a great franchise. It's a great character, you know, and it's and it's and it's a property. Obviously, Nintendo obviously loves. So we're yeah. going to be getting some good stuff, and I cannot wait to see what they've done to Mario now. Although I think New Dunk City is kind of crazy, though. That's, that's a weird name, but well, you, you kind of get the uh, if you watch the Treehouse coverage, they talked about that. Pauline is the mayor of New Dunk City. She's the jazz singer that's singing. So Pauline, if you. Uh, get the reference is the um maiden in donkey kong that mario rescues yeah and but still, it's new, donk new donk city well guess what i mean what do you think donkey kong no i get, uh, no, I get it like i get yeah. it but it's just yeah. silly it's just okay you know but 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 again it's mario like you you kind of expect that from it so it's like yeah eh, <laughs> you know it's kind of like i don't know it's, it's kind of seems like a dad joke almost you know <laughs> it's like well we'll have to see it. you know hopefully maybe donkey kong's in the game at a later point you know he maybe they're gonna is, you know yeah which to me would be great because uh you know whether they were to incorporate donkey kong being the good guy and helping mario against bowser you know we'll have to see how everything kind of plays out but uh i was surprised too about the release date you guys have any opinion of it being out in october versus waiting to november i mean there's been rumors that uh this game's been done they've just been waiting for a good time to release it so i think it's great like it just means i'll be getting a, a switch earlier <laughs> you know? and with yeah. it coming out october 27th are you going to be buying uh, with your gamestop loots are you going to be investing in the switch prior to buying an xbox one x well by my the way I look at it, by the time the uh, these con- these, I'm sorry, the the One X comes out, I should have enough to to get a Switch and a a Switch and and, and a One X. So um, I kind of wanted to grab the uh, Super Mario Kart 8 bundle, but I never could see it anywhere. I never could find it anywhere. So. If they make a bundle with Mario, I'll I'll probably just wait until Odyssey comes out. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's going to be a Mario bundle for it at some point. Agreed. I don't know if they'll have a bundle with the game in it, but we'll see. Probably for holidays, we'll see if oh. they get enough uh, switches on the shelf first. I know, at least in my travels this week to various Game Stops, I've seen like the "We have Switch in stock" signs like on the front door of a few Game Stops I stopped at. So mm. on there, so they're starting to become more um, prevalent at retail at least, where they're starting to get uh, plenty of them in. Yeah, every Target in there, San Francisco so. has one. So, yeah, a couple actually. Yeah, so there's supply out there for if you want to grab them. So I don't think uh, GameStop's going to be forcing you to buy a bundle per se if you just wanted to buy it out, outright for two ninety nine on there. I kind of like the aspect of a bundle with a game that I want to play though. That yeah. you know, that's just me. Um, I had wanted to get the Mario Kart Eight Wii U bundle, but I never could find that, and uh, I kind of. W- Want like the aspect of getting you know the console and the game that I'm interested in playing together. I know I don't want those GameStop bundles that hit you with all kinds of accessories that you're never going to use. Yeah, and charge you a thousand dollars for them. I don't want that. But uh, <laughs> you know, give me the console with the game, and I'm good. 
but I mean, I'll be getting it anyway, whether okay. I can find a bundle or not. So gotcha. All right. Well, that's pretty much the Nintendo digital event for E3. And so I felt like they had a good showing with uh, good announcements and, uh, you know, just kind of laying their cards on the table on that. Uh, they did uh, announce some other stuff on the Treehouse uh, where they kind of kept you on pins and needles. The, like I said, reference to earlier, uh, Metroid Samus Returns was the game that they unveiled on the first day on the Treehouse on there. And so that's a 3D remake of Metroid 2 all from the Game Boy Original Game Boy, it's being developed by Mercury Steam, the developers of both Lords of Shadow remakes uh, or reboots for Castlevania, along with the Lords of Shadow um, Mirror of Fate for the 3DS. And I know some people online were kind of leery because of the fact that the Lords of Shadow uh, Mirror of Fate was so egregiously bad of a Castlevania game. They didn't really live up to the... uh, um, high bar that was set by uh, Igaragi uh, with the um, DS Castlevania games, but uh, a lot of the footage I saw, and I watched quite a bit of the footage for Metroid Samus Returns look excellent, so did you, any of you two get a chance to check out any of the footage? I uh, saw some of the footage, yeah, it looked pretty good I liked the Metroid you know, I never played that game so I will most likely will be playing with my new uh, 2DS um, so, I mean, again, more games to play on my 2DS that I'm excited for. So it's like, bring it. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's, it's almost a shame that you're not going to get this in 3D because I think they meant the game to be uh, played in 3D because the way the um, 2.5D perspective of the game it works supposedly works really well in 3D. On uh, So maybe when you're over, you could check out the difference. I, I, do you have difficulty in, in seeing 3D, Desmond, or you just I never, just never really using... liked it? You know, I just never, yeah. it never really, because for me, for me, you always had to hold your 3D at a certain angle to get it. And they don't tell you that you kind of, you can't hold it too close or too far. You have to hold it at a certain angle in order to get it. And sometimes I just want to be super close to my, to my, to my, uh, to my DS, you know, I yeah. like to be all like crunched up and it's weird, you know, but, but it never really, like, I don't play those games in 3D. It was great. I thought it really pushed the technology forward and you know, for doing 3D stuff, modeling and whatnot, just to make it kind of interesting. Was it a gimmick? Yeah. You know, did it sell a whole bunch of units? Sure. But at the end of the day, I never used it for that. I got it because it was a better processor. It was faster and it was cool. Now, you know, that's the one thing I'm really happy because I know we were talking a while ago, maybe last year or something. Yeah, me wanting to get a new 3D XL because of the faster processing power and stuff like that. And I was really noticing that that, that the newer games that were coming out were really it seemed like they were taxing my old. Uh, oh, yeah. So it was just and so like it was low times and, and like stuff like that. So I was thinking, well, I'll just buy a new one so I can play these games. And then I'm so happy I waited because now, you know, that one's coming out, you know, and it's just it, it just is something that I want more you know it's just like yay that's it, it, it's just perfect for me like i i was the person that was they aimed that at you know and i'm yeah. like yay thank you for for giving me an alternative you know so at a cheaper price point so yeah i, I can't wait for it for sure yeah and one thing they added to metroid samus returns is that they gave you the ability to be able to make a 360 degree aim radius on there because other prior games the 2d games in the metroid series only allowed you to go eight different angles you know based on the d-pad on there so i think that was a good 
thing. And then they added a, uh, a melee counter, which if I, when I was watching all the footage, it uh, seemed like every enemy that they were uh, fighting against, they were doing the melee counter almost each and every time. So it kind of reminded me that, uh, you know, they're adding new abilities to this game that go above and beyond uh, the original Game Boy game for sure which is on cool. there. Because a lot of people deemed the original um, Game Boy, the Metroid 2, being the uh, probably the worst game in the series. And, like, they even reference it as being kind of obtuse and kind of unplayable <laughs> in spots. And I've never played it because I know back in the day I kind of poo-pooed the Game Boy because of, you know, it being Dot Matrix and uh, I thought it was just for kids. See, there you go. You know, Joe was like, this ain't for me. I'm a true gamer. I, I'm I, a true I was what? on Team Atari Lynx at that time. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I, I had an Atari wow. Lynx, too. So. <laughs> that, that, that's a true portable right there. And then uh, I, I had a Game Gear for a minute, but uh, to me, just the portable master system never, never sung to me, unfortunately. So See, I didn't I really was... get... I was never like that. I was all about give me my Game Boy, mass produced. It's Nintendo. I know it. It's y'all with the with the weird, you know, Link styles. Nope. <laughs> I don't know these systems. I was like, nope. Well, how how old were you when the Game Boy came out? You're probably like what five, six, seven, nineteen eighty nine when the original Game Boy came out. How old do you think I am, Joe? <laughs> what? No, Joe. <laughs> You're a little bit younger. Joe, I was young. I was in like high school. Okay. <laughs> when it came out, what the hell? <laughs> I lost track Kevin of time. Are basically the same age, right? <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> wah, wah, I mean, wah, thank you wah, for making me much younger than I really am. But no, Joe, I know black don't crack, but damn. So. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Okay. Um, anyway, let's be on that, but. Uh... Uh, yeah, Metroid Samus Returns looking good, and then they announced some other 3DS stuff on the Treehouse stream, which included uh, a remake of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That game originally came out for Game Boy Advance back in the day. So much on fun! That. So much fun! I played that and almost beat it. I, most of those, most of those Mario and Luigi games when they were working together as a team, those games were some of the best uh ds uh ds games out there at the time dream team bowser something other like there was like three or four of them and they were just so good so i'm yeah. we're probably gonna buy that one yeah i think that'd be a good one that's that's actually the first game in the series that uh it's very expensive on game boy advance if you're able to find it out there and they added even a separate game to it called bowser's minions which is a whole sub side story that basically is uh like a um going into watching Bowser's minions like fight against each other to try to work for Bowser and resurrect Bowser after being defeated by Mario and Luigi. So uh, I think that gameplay was just off the chain on that. So it was good watching it on the stream. So so all this uh, 3DS goodness, Kevin, are you that mo- more closer to thinking about getting a 3DS in your, or a new 2DS in your wheelhouse? I'll probably get a 2DS. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you guys have, you guys have, I'm succumbing to the peer pressure, I think. <laughs> uh, primarily so I can play Kunio Kun and maybe some, some super dodgeball in some form, shape, or fashion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting a 2DS. Uh, yeah. That, that might be a, that might be a birthday present for me <laughs> to Sounds myself like come January. <laughs> 
Well, maybe I'll have to hint for Saran. <laughs> so, no, no, I'll buy that myself. There you go. I'll, I'll get that myself. It comes out next month, so I'm excited. I'll be buying one. Yeah, it comes out when same day Ever Oasis and um, Hey Pikmin come out the same day. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I still, I, I'm still kind of thinking like, okay, when am I going to have a slice of time where I can actually play this? Because <laughs> my V, I take my Vita to work with me, and I play during my lunch and and my lunch break, and you know, right now it's. I'm playing a lot of different games on it. Well, not a lot of different games. I'm mostly playing uh, that. Uh, uh, oh gosh, it, it just it just uh, blanked out on me. It's it's a Muso game. The, that that Muso game with the uh, oh fate. fate, fate. Yeah, yeah. I'm fate. playing. I'm playing the hell out of that game right now, and uh, I'm going through the side stories and really enjoying that. But uh i don't know maybe i'll 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 bring the i'll bring the the 2ds you know every other day you know monday vita <laughs> tuesday you can mix it up i mean i've been strictly 3ds for the last few months i have not even gotten my vita out of its case my vita's crying saying i'm it's abused it's like it, it's in its own room like you know daddy why don't you play with me daddy? <laughs> See, y'all got too many kids. Uh, I know. Two DS, and I'm stopping. <laughs> Spend all my times with it. See. So, but uh, also Nintendo did announce another game on the stream, a puzzle action game called Sushi Striker: The Way of Shishido. It will be coming out in 2018. So uh, basically, the game is a motif where you're having to. Um, Player will have to eat sushi faster than their opponent. You're basically watching uh, sushi go on a conveyor belt on there, and you have to draw a line connecting each piece of sushi with another corresponding piece on there. So the more you connect, the more plates you'll require to shoot at your enemy at the same time. So so that game will come out in 2018. It's being developed by uh, this team called Indie Zero, um, which also did the... Um, the NES Remix games, so on the uh, 2DS and also on the Wii U. So it'd be fun. Game looks fun as hell. Yeah, it's probably not going to come out retail, but uh, hey, I'll take it any way I can. And Nintendo did state during E3 as well that they intend on supporting uh, the uh, 3DS to 2018 and beyond. They're still intending on keeping that portion of their business going and you know why wouldn't they with the that's basically they've been angling the 2ds as being the uh, kind of gateway drug for younger kids to play pokemon and other things and so there's still an audience for it and i'm grateful that it is because there's a lot of unique japanese games that are coming out on that console that deserve attention you know so and then that stuff is region locked anymore right um no, 3DS is still region lock. Uh, Switch is not though. So, but mainly everything that's that's semi interesting is coming out. I know, uh, even though it's not on their outline, uh, Level Five is actually for the first time releasing their own game. They're publishing their own game. They're going to release the uh, latest uh, Professor Layton game on their own without Nintendo's assistance on that. So, so kudos to them and. Uh, one thing, and since we're talking about Nintendo, one thing that was kind of listed later in the outline, but uh, a lot of people were angry and upset 
given the fact that Monster Hunter Double Cross wasn't announced at all. And they were, especially Monster Hunter fans, expecting for it to be announced um, for the Switch at E3 were severely disappointed. And then obviously not having it announced and having Monster Hunter World get announced for the main mainline consoles was like a double gut punch oh. on that. So, so my thing if any of you out there are Monster Hunter fans, we waited so long after uh, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for them to announce Monster Hunter 4. And if you remember that way back when, basically Capcom kind of slow rolled releasing Monster Hunter 4 because they wanted to wait till Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate came out in Japan before they uh, were going to translate that version. And my thinking, and this is just my thinking, so whether you could tell me to go cram it up where the sun don't shine, you know, mm-hmm. well, probably uh, what my theory is is that uh, Monster Hunter stories is still scheduled to come out for the 3DS in fall, you know, and so with that game coming out, Nintendo's probably because they've helped publish or at least promote the game that they're probably going to wait until Monster Hunter stories is out and released this fall and then wait to announce the monster hunter double cross switch version probably more than likely beginning of 2018 and that's why i'm thinking it's going to happen um you know just like metroid 4 metroid point 4 and, and the metroid 3ds announcement i think Capcom could have maybe worked with Nintendo a little bit better to see this thing get announced, but I'm thinking they're working on translating and getting Monster Hunter World out day and date with the Japanese version. So I'm thinking uh, that for them to try to translate both games is probably uh, something that's a little bit beyond their scope, what they want to try to do at the same time. So I bet you anything, probably that Monster Hunter Double Cross or Monster Hunter Generations, if you're deeming the U.S. name, will probably be something that will more than likely be announced sometime next year. I don't think Nintendo could walk away from money. <laughs> so It'll come out eventually. I don't think Capcom will walk away from money either. No. So, no, it'll, it'll come out eventually. But this thing about it is like we have a gluttony of uh, we're getting ready to have like a feast of Monster Hunter stuff. So it's like... Yeah. Like, you can literally take your pick about what you want to play, you know. And I'm actually of the camp of being being really excited for for Worlds and to see what they're going to be doing in order to change, update, and revitalize the combat, uh, traversal, world building, like, all of that. Like, I'm I'm excited for this fresh new take on the Monster Hunter franchise. So, yeah, Double Cross, great. I'll pick it up and play it when it comes out. You know when it eventually does, but I'm excited. So yeah, like, I I, I want to see new stuff. I want to see more stuff, and that's why yeah. I'm so excited for stories. It's like I cannot, I I cannot wait for that just because the art style is so different, and I, that's what I was really disappointed about is they didn't talk about that one either. You know, yeah, I'm hoping that Nintendo didn't get PO'd at Capcom at some point. You know, because. I know Monster Hunter Stories is being published by Nintendo. It's not being published by Capcom. And so I'm hoping with a Nintendo Direct later on in the year, they're going to cover the game a little bit more closer to its release date. And I don't think it has a set release date. I know they're still intending on releasing the Amiibo out there right. as well. Exactly. And I'm just, yeah. that's the one that I was really kind of sad about not hearing anything about. 
So yeah. I'm like, what's going on with this game? You know, so it should have been on Treehouse. Well, since everyone's also in there crying about like Double Cross, and I'm like, yes, Double Cross will definitely come out. Don't worry about it, you know. But this one, I'm like, well, this is something completely new, completely different. That a whole different take on the game, you know. Yeah. That 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 could either sink or swim. So like, what's going on? Where isn't that? What? what? I was I was like. Where's that coverage? So for me, yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't see a lot of coverage. Yeah, in fact, I'm gonna after we get done recording the show, I'm gonna see. I didn't really take a look because I didn't see anything about the game. I just saw it was announced and just nothing else. So I'm still curious about it because I know it didn't get the greatest of uh, sales in Japan, and, and people kind of lukewarm on it. But it doesn't mean it's, it wasn't a, ba- a bad game or anything. It's just. What, what the Japanese audience wasn't looking forward to on that. So it was just too different. I mean, it looks, yeah. it looks completely different. Like it's bright, it's cutesy. Like, I don't know people who were like, you know, cause you look at yeah. Monster Hunter and it's like, you know, gruff and it's like adult and, uh, you know, and, and then you see like, you know, stories and it's like, uh, you know? so <laughs> it's like appealing to a whole different mindset and mentality, you know? So I'm, but I, I want to see what happens. Uh, one yeah. thing that I was not, uh, expecting to see but was happy to see was uh, the new Etrian Odyssey. I was like, wow, okay, because I totally thought that we were not going to be getting any more in that in that current, um, I guess in that current that current storyline. I guess, yeah, because usually well, there- it's it's like the Millennial Girl and then the Fall from Night. So it seems like there's these really much more story driven ones. So yeah. to have to have that, you know, I was like, I was very surprised. So oh, you know. If you, the people I follow on Twitter, um, they've been clamoring for this game for a long time. I don't know if you're aware, but it came, the out, Odyssey, year, right? uh, it came out, I believe, almost a year and a half, two years ago yeah. in, in Japan. So yeah. it's been a long time in coming. In fact, uh, I think every announcement, a lot of people didn't. They were just like, oh my God, like when's, when are they not going to release this here and so on and so forth. But they finally got to where they announced Etrian Analysis 5, Beyond the Myth. They uh, finally confirmed the Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey Redux, a U.S. release for that. And then they're also doing a um, 3DS remake of Radiant Historia, which is going to be called Perfect Chronology, which all three of those games, um, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey is a remake of a DS game uh, that came out quite a bit of ways a few years ago on that. But uh, the Radiant Historia almost in a way is almost like a uh, uh, Chrono Trigger type game because it does does deal with time and pretty much to have that game remade for the 3DS and bring it up to modern standards. It looks looks, like it would be a good time for sure. So more uh, turn-based RPGs, maybe something that you might be able to pick from Kevin uh, on there. So We'll see. That's like, you know, finding a needle in a haystack for me, but uh, <laughs> I know. we'll see. Etrian Odyssey, I don't know if you ever played it, Kevin. I'm probably, I've never I've never even heard of it. So that's, Etrian, that's, yeah, the thing, of the, the kicker about Etrian Odyssey, it's all done in, in um, 3D. It's all in first-person mode on there, and you're going through dungeons, and you're actually uh, on the bottom screen um, creating a map for yourself. It's like a see, cartographer's that, dream. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to turn me off right there. <laughs> it's, it's a cartographer's dream making this, this map and stuff. But like at first, I have to tell you, Kevin. Seriously, at first, I did not like that series. I was like, oh, this is annoying. You know, running around and the game's kind of hard. The first, the first couple were kind of hard, and then it's this first person, and it really plays a lot like um, 
the original uh, DS games or those original like Dragon Warrior and stuff like that, where you're where you you literally like trucking forward at first person view, and then a monster will kind of ha- ha- jump out at you, and then you fight it and stuff like that. But but the cool thing about it was the art style number one, and then the character, the character, the characters that you play. There's usually ten characters that that you that you play ten types of characters now, but in this one. What they did is you have like your ten characters, and then you get to a certain point where you max out that character's stats, and then you branches off into t- two ancillary type uh, uh, classes. So like you could have like a priest, and then the priest will turn into like one type of priest, and then another type of priest, depending on like if you want more attack or defense. So I, I like that they're trying to um, do a little bit more with the, with the classes, uh, and then. I don't know, just something about it. I was just like, okay, this this is kind of like a kind of cool addition to it. And it took me a while. Like it really, it was weird. It took me, it took me a few uh, games to really get into it. And then it was uh, the fourth one that I really was kind of like, all right. And then I really got into Millennial Girl and then uh, the Far From Night those two, the last two ones, I really got yeah. into those two. So it's no more story based. Yeah, yeah. Cause, well, definitely because of, of the story that that I that I liked. Like I like those kind of, you know, anime ish stories. But it wasn't bad. It's not bad. So I was excited to see that one coming out. Yeah, for the sure. core gameplay sounds sounds a lot like a Maze of the Minotaur for Intellivision. Uh it took you figured out your map as you went. It was first person. And although there were no classes, you could use your character could use every weapon that you came across and some were magic and some were melee based and you know of the Dungeons and Dragons games that came out for in television that was my least favorite so that will <laughs> probably that will probably be a pass for me but uh well, I'm you know I'm, you, you... I'm, I'm I'm you know like I, I'm just trying to I'm just getting ready to to get a, a grasp on Monster Hunter through world and that that's gonna have to I only have so many hours in a day. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Well, Joe and I will, will definitely help guide you through Monster Hunter Worlds. We will, so that, we will be your tour guide. Yeah, that'll probably <laughs> do it for me. But first person dungeon crawling, uh-uh. uh, I can tell you right now that ain't going to work. Yeah. Well, let's go and talk a little bit more about Monster Hunter World because it's one of the things I wanted to talk about because more information came about the game uh, from, from its announcement at the Sony's uh, E3 press conference that we discussed last episode. So a lot of people were wondering where this game was going to kind of stick into the, um, the series, as far as if it's a side story, if it's a separate game uh, on there. And basically they kind of talked about a little bit more. Uh, The producer of the game is going to be co-directed by Kaname Fujoka. Fujioka, excuse me, on there. So, um, but the, basically, the co-director on this game is also going to be uh, helped by the previous director of Monster Hunter one through four, uh, Kaname Fujioka, on there. So, is returning to help along with uh, Yuya Tudakada on there. Watch me butcher my Japanese. I need to take a Japanese class or something. So. Yuya Takuda. The Cuda, yes. It's all phonetic, so just, you know. <laughs> Roll with it, but yeah. long, long and short of it is that this game really could have been Monster Hunter 5. And so they basically said that this is a sequel to Monster Hunter 4. 
um, that the deviation that they made in Monster Hunter Generations with the uh, Hunter styles and Hunter arts are gone out of this version on there. Um, that uh, those are specifically for the cross and double cross series on that. So they're focusing on mainline features on there. So it's supposed to have all 14 weapon types from Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate in the game. And uh, they were talking about more uh, streamlined stuff in the game. Like uh, the game uh, basically is just all open, but uh, you're still going from sector to sector. And if you played Monster Hunter in the past, you know that you had to deal with loading times when you're going from like uh, area one to area two or area three to area five on there. But um, they still have the map kind of sectioned out in areas, but there's going to be no loading time between the areas on there. And then they also mentioned the fact that they're streamlining some of the gathering, that there's not as much of the animations to, like, grab herb off the side of the map or something yeah, like that. Yeah, no, and because there's no loading times, you can't, like, you can't run into another area, heal up, and then go back into the battle. Nuh-uh. You got to stay uh-huh. there and fight. Yep. They mentioned the fact, too, that there still will be a hub world and a place to gather before the start of the mission on there. And and then, you know, as seen in the trailer, you're able to shoot off a flare if uh, need be, if you want to bring another player into your game, if you're having trouble with a particular monster and that kind of thing. And that could, depending on your settings, bring, you know, random people or alert people on your friends list that you're having issues and then you want them to join your game to kind of help you out on there. So, but this is a mainline game in the series. It's not a spinoff. This is basically Monster Hunter Five, with a different name on it. They kind of like the the uh, world um, designation in the game. They said that they like the sound of it, so that's why they went with it versus Monster Hunter Five on that. So, so I'm definitely excited because of the fact that this is not a. <laughs> Um, you know, a, a crappy like uh, subgenre game. Like, you know, I don't know if you know what Monster Hunter, but uh, they ha- have had Monster Hunter Frontier going since I believe since like the um, between Monster Hunter two and three. It was like an MMO Monster Hunter, but made by Capcom uh, online on there, which is a separate uh, uh, company from Capcom themselves. It was like a, s- a separate subsidiary, and that game was just like. <laughs> They released it on like Xbox 360, on uh, you know PS3, PS4, but they never brought it over because the fact that it was like the redheaded stepchild of the Monster Hunter series <laughs> on it. So you know, they riffed off a lot of from Monster Hunter DOS, which uh, never got released here on that, but it was super, super grindy from people I read on message boards and that kind of thing that played the game. So, so at least you know this is not a. Uh, you know, like a um, something to where, you know, like a generation ago, like maybe during the PS3 generation, this is when the Japanese company would go ahead and, and like contract out to American like development house to develop a Monster Hunter for the West. And I'm grateful that they're confident enough to be able to develop the game themselves and uh, make it a true, quote unquote, real Monster Hunter game. So mm-hmm. any thoughts, guys? I'm uh, looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. Uh, if my like I said, like I said before, my whole issue with Monster Hunter was some of the combat uh, peculi- peculiarities that I know were part of what made the, those other Monster Hunter titles charming. 
uh, or endearing, you know, or uh, tactical, but they just didn't. I'm a I'm a brawler oriented type player. So you give me a multiple combat stances, uh, multiple weapons, you know, and not a whole lot of, uh, you know, let me drink my my healing potion and not get knocked out of the animation and if i can as long as i can do that type of stuff uh i'm i'm okay so i i'm more far more combat oriented than i am tactical when it comes to games like this i just like beating stuff up well we'll see we'll see if the game is going to be what you want it to be versus what it is so yeah. that's the whole mix of it i don't want it to deviate too far from the the root of Monster Hunter, which is I don't know I don't, what weapon did you use when you played Monster Hunter? I forgot. I don't know if you tried it on my 3ds or were you playing on console or was it I on the Wii no U? I I don't know. I, I I remember it was the Wii U. I think it was Monster Hunter Three Ultimate. I think you tried. So I know you, after like 10 15 minutes, I think you were like, uh uh, uh bro, no, yep, I'm out. <laughs> Hopefully you give it longer legs and just hoping so. Well, see, the thing with me, though, is I can tell with a game with the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes whether I'm going to like it or not. So uh, for me, it's like, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to invest that additional time when the initial when that initial hook is not getting me. Because I've got, you know, like I said, I don't have kids, but I have limited time. So uh, I'm not going to invest uh, too heavily in something that's not grabbing me mechanics wise, because I know, well, am I is it just in these first 15? Is this game going to change so substantially mechanic wise uh, from the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, after the next hour, three hours? I doubt it. You know, you know, maybe I've missed out on some gems with that kind of thinking, but you know, like I said, I got other bright and shinies to work with. So, uh, you know, hopefully, Monster Hunter World is appealing to me specifically. I understand it's got a strong uh, core fan base that likes those mechanics uh, that makes Monster Hunter Monster Hunter, and I get that. I understand that. I wouldn't want wouldn't want them to lose that core group that brought them to the dance just, you know, just to satisfy me because I got games like God Eater and uh, Turrican that I can play that that satisfies my need for uh, uh, exploration, a combat-oriented gameplay. So I'm good either way. I think but, if you like Turrican too, you're going to like Monster Hunter. I think there's, I think they've taken steps with the later versions of the game, especially with uh, Generations and, and Generations 2 or whatever. They're going to call Double Cross when it finally releases there. Uh, that, that, those two games might be more up your alley, possibly. So, mm. so. But I'll see what Monster Hunter World has to offer and make my decision in the first 20, 30 minutes of it. <laughs> I'll be playing it. Yes. No questions asked. Also, okay, also, just just so you guys know, I I uh, during the days of summer sale, I guess uh, for PlayStation, it looks like I'm I'm gonna buy um, God Eater Resurrection or one of them. It's like five bucks or something, or ten dollars. So I was like, I'll buy it. So it is so worth it. Yeah, if you guys, well, have, so we can play it. it if you guys want. I have not played it yet, and I'm looking to dive into it. I'm looking for an excuse. I know I didn't play any multiplayer with you, uh, Kevin. I know you didn't play it mainly multiplayer. You played mainly solo, right? Yeah, I finished it solo. Yeah. Gotcha. 
So maybe you want to get jump on, create a new character, and jump on some multiplayer. How about you listeners out there? Want to join us for some God Eater? I know Alberto owns the game too. So, oh yeah, can make it happen. Make it happen. Make the magic happen. So, anything else from me three? I know we have a few other things on our outline to kind of kind of cover. I don't know if you guys had anything to add uh, on that. Uh, let me go over a few things then. If you sure, let's one go. Thing, yeah. All right. All right. One game that kind of caught my eye, and this was announced prior to E3, but uh, they showed more gameplay during E3, was uh, Strange Brigade. I don't know if you guys had a chance to check that out or not. Um, I did not. Okay. Well, if you don't know what it is, basically uh, Rebellion is releasing a four-player online co-op shooter. Um, This is based in the 1930s. And so you're basically based in motherland England, and you're going off to Egypt and, and far places, uh, a lot of mummies, zombies, a giant minotaur on that as well, some puzzle sections. Uh, a lot of people described it as a mixture of uh, Left for Dead and Uncharted, if you can imagine those two <laughs> being combined. Um if you don't have anyone to play with, you're able to play along AI-controlled bots. But uh, for you, Desmond, at least with this game, I know you're looking at Sniper Elite. Um, was it three or four? Four. It's four. Previously, yeah. But uh, this one is in a third-person camera. It's not a first-person camera. So, so I definitely would recommend if you haven't checked out the trailer and the gameplay video from E3 to kind of take a look at because it looks fun. So it's uh Developed by uh, Rebellion, who's done Sniper Elite series along with the Zombie Army trilogy on that. And um, and just another UK game that just kind of looks like it's just got that gameplay all wrapped up and uh, ready to go. Kind of like Killing Floor 2 on that. So I'm definitely interested in it, especially with the motif being in the 1930s uh, Egypt and, and doing the whole monster crawl thing. Definitely. That sounds interesting. interesting. It does sound interesting. Right on. I don't know if you guys had a chance, but uh, they did show more Nino Kune 2. I saw that. So um, I watched uh, quite a bit of the gameplay on the GameSpot stage, but um, they did state that Nino Kune 2 will also have multiplayer, which I didn't even know based on the gameplay demo. But uh, uh, they also have a thing where you're going to have kingdom building as well, kind of similar to Dark Cloud 1 and Dark Cloud 2 on that and i know that level five you know for all the games they released in their history that a lot of people look at dark cloud 2 as being like the almost like their um key game like their most noteworthy game and they have uh, quite a bit of a catalog to kind of pull from on there and what that would mean is it's kind of similar to be able to build up your town be able to uh, make your kingdom grow on that so and so uh, gameplay I saw, you know, the first game was mainly turn-based, but this one's a more of an action RPG, kind of like Tales on that, and especially with the, uh, you know, the art style that it kind of captures with the uh, Miyazaki movies. Um, definitely looking forward to this. It's coming out for PC and PS4 on November the 10th. On that. Any thoughts from any of the footage you saw at E3, guys? I like the ask the fact that because uh, oh, I was watching the uh, the interview that they did with uh, uh, oh gosh I can't I was just about to say his name but I can't remember he was you know on the, that stage demo yeah and he was mentioning that in the first Nino Cooney game 
uh, those spirits that were that were in it that would give you these uh, either passive or active buffs for your attacks or defense. Uh, you had to access them through like a menu. Yeah. And in the game with Nino, I never played Nino Kuni one, uh, but in in this one. It's all, it, nothing is pulling you out of the action. You access those spirits uh, through the gameplay. It's like they create like this ring. Uh, there'll be like this magic ring that they'll make. And when you step into it and you issue the command from the, from it looked like they were doing it from the digital pad. Yeah. Uh, it will, it would execute either that passive or active uh, buff. And they did that with the fight with Longfang, as well as that fight with that uh, giant. Um, it looked like one of the looked like one of the characters from uh, <laughs> from Waku Waku Seven, that big old giant, uh, yeah, cute little but brutal looking thing that they were fighting. So, um, yeah, this type of gameplay is definitely in my wheelhouse. So I will be getting Nino Kuni Two Day One. And enjoying the heck out of that game. So uh, the graphics are, you know, that Studio Ghibli, Ghibli look, uh, I dig it. And I liked it also with uh, when they when I first saw the first Nino Kuni. But, you know, at the time, I was distracted by other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I will definitely be playing this game, too. And it, I don't think you need to... And it, it, this isn't a... I can't remember if they said that this is a continuation from the first game I, or not. No, no, but I don't no, think it's you not. have to know anything from the first game. To no, it's all new. One. It's all, all new. new. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely I like controlling the Higgledies with the control pad that you talked about. And those little guys look super cute. So mm-hmm. I think my wife like almost Pikmin. Would, Yeah, they look like Pikmin. That's what I was going to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. So. <laughs> And it kind of sucks about because the, they're handing out an exclusive steelbook at E3, and I talked to my friend at GameStop that went, and she said she should have grabbed it for me. She had one easily in reach, and I was like going, no. <laughs> so, but uh, they haven't really announced any sort of uh, um, retail release as far as any special edition, but you know, with, especially with the first Nino Kune, that they had special editions that everyone was super, super thirsty for. So we'll have to see as far as <laughs> when they finally get the uh, announcements for the retail version, if there's a collector's edition, we'll see how everything kind of rolls with that. So I'm thinking now um, Bandai Namco, uh, their online store is hooked up with Amazon, where before they were going through this one company that was like extremely horrible. You know, I forgot the name of the company off off the tip of my tongue, but uh, at one point um, Namco went through this company, so did uh, Capcom, and they had just horrible customer service and like you know sending collectors editions out and like the worst possible packaging you'd ever want to imagine. And then the whole thing about the Nino Kuni collectors edition is that they oversold it too, where they had to send cancellation notices. I was the I actually got a cancellation notice. Myself, I never got the collector's edition of Nino Kune, so but uh, Aww. yeah, it's okay, <laughs> no tears here, man. You know, after a while with collector's editions, I got boxes in my closet full of collector's editions, so it's, it's gone beyond the point of you know, I want when a collector's edition comes out that I really want, 
uh, cough, cough, Destiny 2, cough, cough. <laughs> I want it to actually mean something versus just me grabbing every collector's edition that comes out because, you know, that could get old after a while. So, And you just could be stuffed with a lot of trinkets and crap, you know, so. Um, other stuff at E3, kind of the uh, controversies at, and, uh, you know, going to kind of mention these a little bit. Um, there's a whole thing about the them pestering um, PlayStation executives. I know that they announced at the Xbox press conference that uh, Minecraft wanted to go across all platforms on there. I know Jim Ryan, which is an executive out of Sony Europe, mentioned the fact that he made an excuse saying that they didn't want to do it because they didn't know <laughs> if, uh, you know, people would be, like, especially with Minecraft's audience that, you know, kid, they were trying to protect children from other online networks. And uh, I'm thinking Sony in this case, especially with Jim Ryan, um, he's made a statement, like, I think a couple of weeks ago about backwards compatibility. He's not on anyone's, like, <laughs> top of the top list, unfortunately. What's your, what's your guys' opinion about uh, this whole uh, Minecraft across all platforms, but I you mean I can't have I can't have true 4K Minecraft, you know, on <laughs> Xbox One X. Like that's what I, that's one of the reasons why I was gonna buy one. Like I want to see those little square faces in like high <laughs> res. Up, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I I mean I get it. I get it about it because they're they're trying to protect the children's children's, but. Is is the is the Minecraft um, game? Is it like a breeding ground for people to be scared for their kids? I, no, I don't no, like I don't understand where it's coming from. It just seems yeah. like here's what excuse. I think it was. <clears throat> what was here's that? what I think it. Here's okay. what I think it was. Um, and I don't know if this was officially con confirmed or not, but it sounds far more plausible than though. Uh, what about the children? Uh, excuse that that Sony rep get, gave. What I heard is that what the program that Microsoft is proposing and that Nintendo has signed on to was that you it would require people to sign into Xbox Live in some form or fashion. Yeah. That would in turn generate active account users for Xbox Live, even though it's not Xbox Live proper, you're using it on your, it's it's kind of like the, like a, some type of handshake between these two systems, but it's all being handled through Microsoft. And the concern is, at least by those who are, uh, who are discussing this, and again, no official word. Yeah. This is going to ge generate active users. So when micro, because you know Microsoft doesn't deal in units sold anymore, they deal with active users on Xbox Live. So if you've got people on Switch signing in, you now you've got people on PlayStation signing in through some aspect on Xbox Live to get that cross-connect play. That's just going to increase Microsoft's overall usage numbers that they report. So they're saying, well, why should we help your numbers build up? Yeah. And if that and yeah, I find that a more plausible reason. I would I would rather e executives just not say anything or say something like, well, we're we're investigating that or we don't have 
a statement nope. to make at this time regardless yeah. and to say something stupid like, you know, we're in it for the kids. Trick Daddy loved the kids, you know. <laughs> Shoot, yeah. they love the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jim Jim Ryan yeah, he, with that, and then uh, he was at a Gran Turismo event like a couple of weeks ago, where he said, "Oh, I saw Gran Turismo one and two running off of PlayStation one. Who in the hell would want to play that now? That looks so archaic." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, talking about backwards compatibility. So he's he's not exactly high <laughs> on that list. He's just like insensitive, or who knows? But uh, I know that they're also talking about Rocket League coming uh, cross-platform play, and, and Sony's the final key for them. And I know an executive from Psyonix was mentioning the fact that, you know, you can't mention that, you know, you don't know uh, what kind of audience you're getting uh, from uh, these other platforms when um, PlayStation supports, you know, PC and, and PlayStation 4 crossplay, like with Street Fighter V. And they even t- mentioned about the Playroom becoming like a kind of hub for pornography and other hijinks. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it in years past, but uh, that playroom became to where, you know, they had people on there smoking blunts, getting high, having chicks doing whatever. It was like all a good time with these little robots, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. leave it to, leave it, leave it to people to take something, no. uh, interesting and, and, you know, uh, well, just interesting and just turn it into perv city. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's what, that's what that's what that's what people do. I know, but they're making the point that the fact that you know, if if you're going to allow cross-platform play with the PC, the most unregulated platform for online play ever, you know, out of the, all the console networks, you know, Nintendo Network and uh, Xbox Live, you're dealing with, you know, being able to play cross play with people on pc it's just like okay how come you can't just do this i mean i can understand if you don't want to go to bed with microsoft and and have xbox live on your mainline console but uh you know sony's gonna do what they're gonna do you know if that's that is that their decision and then that's their decision but you know they were kind of getting lauded a little bit and i'm thinking they should you know they i was watching giant bomb on the second day and they're talking that interview with phil spencer and they mentioned the fact about the xbox live being possibly you know it was played to the hilt of course because you know like, like phil spencer is like how dare and it's almost like you know, almost in the way he was like saying how dare they insinuate that you know that you know people would be victimized using xbox live on playstation consoles so it was almost like used as a, a point to um, where you know phil spencer was kind of befuddled with the point that uh, jim ryan made but you know you gotta know it's just an excuse it's just straight ass booty booty bullshit you know so mm-hmm. so yeah like i said i think it probably has more to how the the sign in and the cross play actually has to is being proposed on the, on the part of Microsoft and anything else, so that these guys are just the, the that that Ryan Jim Ryan probably yeah. should just uh, you know just hush up and because <laughs> he's yeah. you know the kids and oh back who wants to play those old games that's just sticking <laughs> your foot in your mouth dude it's like you know, I know come on oh well, also too I mean I. Did enjoy seeing Phil Spencer on a few, few places and kind of watching coverage, interviews, that kind of thing. Um, I know he was kind of saying, uh, you know, talking about Destiny 2 and the whole thing. This is other controversy at E3 this year about them holding back the um, content, 
And Phil Spencer was saying, well, you know, we at Xbox, we you know all of our games that are on stage that were on the presentation or like timed exclusives or anything. We're not holding back any content. We believe in the artistry of video games. When I'm looking in the years past of Rise of the Tomb Raider being held back a year, for God's sake, from coming out yeah, on another That platform. was under his watch. Yeah. That was uh, under the, his watch when he was calling shots. Division DLC uh, being like held back a month uh, for other consoles. And it was exclusive on Xbox One for one month, just like the exclusivity deals that they had for Call of Duty and for Destiny. So uh, I don't know about all this white knight. Like we at Xbox, we take a higher path, you know. Yeah, and then... come on, dude. It's like you ain't pulling Excalibur out the stone. <laughs> just chill. It's like you, you're, in a, you're a businessman. You're looking out for the best interest of the corporation you work for, just like all these other companies are doing. You know, I it, and that is something that is weird. I think it started happening towards the end of last the the last gen life cycle, where executives just kind of became like part of the platform. Yeah, <laughs> they became part of the exclusives that you were buying when you picked up a PlayStation or an Xbox. You're getting this executive that is constantly tweeting and and uh, Snapchatting all this crap that you know. Maybe it's me, but I don't need my executive telling me what I should and should not be thinking, or what I should and should not be be playing. Really, you know. Um, I'll see you at E3. I'll see you at PSX, and I really don't need to hear from you other than that. <laughs> well, you know, unless you, unless marketing. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Un unless you've got, unless, but I mean, the way that it's kind of the executive has just kind of been absorbed into the gaming culture. I don't really see that in any of the other industries that much. I mean, I don't see the guy that designed the Camaro. Uh, throwing shade on the Challenger and the Mustang on Twitter. No, because it, it, it is something older, that is just uniquely, you know. it's uniquely video gaming uh, with, 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 with regards to these executives, you know, so they're I, you know, rock stars, you know, they're rock stars. Now they, they, they come out on stage, you know, they pump, they pump up the crowd. I mean, they're, these are, these people are, are salespeople, you know, these people, these people are, are, you know, heads of marketing. They're trying to drag, drum up business. You know, so they say these controversial things because it gets headlines. It makes people stand up and take notice. You know, that's why they say these things. It's, it's Is it true? I don't know. You know, but does it matter in the long run? Does it get people hyped? Does it get people like, you know, turn them into fanboys? Well, yeah. You know, then, then, then they are successful in, in what they meant to do. Does it prop up yeah. sales? Great. You know. But at the same time, it's like, eh, you know, is the game any good? Is the console any good? You know, and will, will this be enough for consumers? You know, um, and, and no one, no one knows, you know, until, yeah. until it's actually released. But we do know that that name for Xbox One X is terrible. So just <laughs> that there, so. well, another thing that's terrible is the whole, you know. Uh, throughout the week, you know, the whole like feel every pixel uh, experience, feel <laughs> feel oh, true power, like all the marketing. Yes, like, you know, I'm going to feel every right. pixel, feel the power. It's like, okay, I I'm sorry, but it's like, I you thought, know. I thought they were advertising the next He Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
it'll, it'll like make the Xbox One X seem like this is like just like this like destroyer of all dildos or something. It's like <laughs> like you just it just feel it feel its power just coursing. I'm just That's gonna touch it. To do. They have to I do know. it. Like it's it's X One Star Killer. Yeah, it's like they yeah. have to they, they they have to do that. They have to inspire. Like you have to own this. You know, if you if I you know, don't if you do not own so this easy. What to say? It's so if, funny. If, if you don't own this, you know there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I saw Mike Ibarra. He's one of the Xbox um, Microsoft executives for Xbox, and you know he's been just off the hill. True 4K, the most powerful console on the planet. And um, we were talking on Twitter. I was uh, when someone on Twitter was mentioned to me that the Assassin's Creed Origins for Xbox One is using a checkerboarding technique to get the game up to full 4K. And in fact, Eurogamer Digital Foundry had a focus on at least the display at the show saying that both Xbox One X and PlayStation 4 Pro versions are using the same checkerboarding technique to run at 4K 30 frames a second. And then Phil Spencer wants to go on um, other interviews and say that he feels like the PlayStation 4 Pro is more in league with the the Xbox One S versus the Xbox One X, saying that 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 he feels that the power of his console and the attributes of his console make it uh, definitely a tier above anything else on the market. And to me, it's just like okay, well, <laughs> true true 4K, and then in having you know your games through third party games using various techniques, just like on the PlayStation 4 Pro. I mean, I think. For one, he's just being just a shade deceptive in my mind. And well, I don't know. Well, just think about it like this. You know, you could either have one ply toilet paper or you could have the quilted, scented, awesome toilet paper. Okay? okay. And, right. and I'm telling you, because the people that put all this time and effort and money into making that quilted, you know, fragrant, you know, toilet paper is going to be like, look, you need to have this. It's amazing. You deserve it. It's great. It's awesome. You know, you know, because the single ply is going to do just what it needs to do. You know, yeah, of course, that's, it's it's still wiping the booty. Yeah, doing its duty. But that's what I mean. It's like it's like, yeah. do we need you know this? When when in reality, when in reality, it's really doing the same thing. And 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 when I heard that it was literally doing the same thing as the pro for, yeah but 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 again but again this is for this particular game we don't know yeah just that game yeah you know and we don't doing know. it for anthem as well we don't know i don't think we Nothing know yet. about anthem yet no. yeah we don't we don't I know they, i thought they said anthem was uh was checkerboard Hmm. Um, have I, I haven't heard anything I on Anthem yet. I don't think I've seen Anthem running on PlayStation 4 at but, all yet. Well, I mean, with regard to the Xbox, not with regard to... Oh, the, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they said anything yet about it. Um, it. It could have, yeah. And I know that they mentioned that checkerboarding is one of the techniques that will be utilized on the Xbox One X, but then I don't want to see you on the stage saying, True 4K! Well, like, feel the power! But are they talking about the future, though? Because... Because one of the things that I don't I don't hear, I don't hear them saying enough, and yeah. I really wish that they did, was, are you doing as much as you can to future proof your console as these as technology gets faster and rapidly expands? 
because I would be more um, sold as me as as an individual. Um, and I don't know if more other people were saying, you know, if we're going to give you all this power, you know, and all these and all the stuff, quote unquote stuff, you know, for stuff now. Well, all the stuff now can be can be played on the other games and be fine. You know, are you going to be giving me cool ass shit? You know, in a year, two years, three years, you know, that will justify, you know, spending the money now or or not, you know, because that's the thing. It's like I know it's really hard to future proof stuff, but if you could tell me, you know, the the, the console wars wars and something, you can tell me, you know, hey, we're trying to future proof this so that, you know, the next, you know, five or six years you know, these games are going to come out and be great, you know, then I'd be like, okay, you know, then I can kind of hunker down and be like, this is, this is the console that I'm going to use. And I think that's one of the things that, that the gaming industry has a problem with um, because there's two, there's two systems working together, you know, to form this thing, you know, you have the console and then you have the game. And, and if the game technology is moving at a faster pace than the console technology and the console technology is always trying to catch up, trying to catch up, um the, the then it's kind of a, a, a sort of like sort of like a no win situation but i don't i really don't know because and it's something that you know the people who who really you know are are are, are in, in the in the back end of gaming you know and and how stuff like that is developed if someone could come out and be like well look you know is there a need to have a new system every 5 years you know is there a need to do this um, because if rumors talking about there's going to be a new PlayStation Five next year or some something like that, and I'm like, well, then what does that mean? Like, is that true 4K or is this more checkerboarding stuff? Or like, is like what's going on? You know, it's yeah. my thing. You know, and it's like that's why it makes it it makes it hard for me. You know, as 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 an individual because I got bills to pay, yo, and and like, <laughs> like and if yeah. this is something that like this is a pastime. You know, I like games. I'm passionate about games, but I'll be damned if I'm gonna miss some meals. You know, <laughs> to pay for for a five hundred dollar you know system. I yeah. can't eat that. Okay, I can't eat that. So, and if you're telling me that all the stuff that that's on your system your your new hot fresh out the kitchen system can be played on an xbox s then i'm sorry i'm going i'm going to eat last year's you know system i'm going to buy last year's system and you know and get some scrimps and be done with it you know i'm just yeah. i'm just <laughs> saying like I, I so i i don't know what's going on with this so 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 him talking about you know we're going to be awesome you know, true 4K, true this, true that. I'm like, that's great. You know, that's a lot of hype. You know, you're serving up, sir. You know, but but if your console can't really back that right now, and and you're and, and maybe in the future it will, but then it's time for us to get into the, a new console. Plus, all your stuff is backwards compatible. I, I just don't know like what's going on. And and for me, and that's what makes it so much more of a luxury item. You know, the, the, the Xbox One X is a luxury item. You know, you buy that for bragging rights. You know, you buy that because you have a 4K TV. You buy that because you you want that. You know, I don't have a 4K TV. I don't plan on buying a 4K TV, you know. So I, I think they're trying to, like, have their cake and eat it too with it. And, and for that, I really can't, like, I can't 
be mad at them for that because they're still allowing me to play their games on last you know gen console so it's like eh, you know i can't be mad at them you know so if you got the money and you want to spend it more power to you you know so on one hand i'm really kind of cool with what they're doing and on the other hand i'm just kind of like eh, you know like what really okay so it, it's know. just the 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 marketing it's just so stupid and corny and and just yeah, for the that's record it. That's it. yes anthem is running che- the, at least the demo they were showing is running checkerboard Whoa. confirmed by a, a digital foundry article published june 15th mm-hmm. uh they ran it through their their uh whatever they used to ascertain all that information and yep it's checkerboard as well running at 30 frames per second uh so and by the way, folks, when PlayStation announces the PlayStation 5 and they do this stupid stuff, I'm going to be saying the same thing. So uh, it's not it's not fanboy. It's just this whole true 4K, true this, true that is just silly. Yeah. And I don't know where this started also, but can we stop saying that the 1X is the equivalent of a $1,500 PC? <laughs> I don't know if this started from an executive talk having diarrhea of the mouth or a prominent uh, fanboy in the Xbox community. I can't remember which, but I've just been hearing this $1,500 gaming PC equivalent being thrown around on Twitter. And I'm sorry, it's not. Do you get closer to true 4K with a $1,500 gaming PC? You can get a 1080 GTX 1080 for about the same amount of money that I paid for my 1070 right now, which was right around 400 bucks. So, and you add on an additional uh, $1,100 to that, you're going to get it. You're going to put a, a gaming PC that can smoke any console that's out on the market right now. So we can. We can put that <laughs> that silliness to bed right now. It, it's it, it, it's it's bizarre. It's, yeah, it's, bizarre. it's the there culture. Was a, I guess I don't know. There there was a developer for um, I believe it was one of the developers for Ark Survival Evolve that was mentioning uh, that and was talking about the specs for the Xbox One X on there. So and he did mention the fact that, that uh, it's like a fifteen hundred dollar computer on there. So. So, so, but you know, yeah, X, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, it might be for their game that it's going to run. I know they're trying to target 60 frames a second at 4K with that game on there. So, and if they do it, hell, by all means, if they can do it, if they can do it, that's fine. But you don't have to lie. You, we all know that the bottleneck is not the GPU, it's the CPU. That, they're running modified Jaguar CPUs and everyone, all the developers have said that that is where the bottleneck is going to come in. And you're going to tell me that my i7 equipped CPU gaming PC is equivalent to that modified Jaguar CPU, which is based off the, off of mobile architecture. Come on, y'all. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just that it's just that. You know, I don't know the the marketing, the the executive statements. 
it's just gotten way out of hand. And like I said, like I said, if Sony's play when they talk about PlayStation Five, and they start talking about uncompromised 4K, and you know we see you know uh, 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 the next whatever title come out and it's running checkerboard and they start making the same excuses i'm gonna call them on their bs just like i'm doing now yeah it has no, it has nothing to do with the company it has to do with people listening to this stuff and thinking that it's actually true and that's where i have a problem it has nothing to do with fanboys it has to do with yeah. executives making these these statements and trying to pass it off as yes this is what you're getting when you buy this product and it's it's not accurate yeah well for the most part i mean from what i saw from phil spencer through the coverage and interviews um he's uh, pretty much an outright guy you know outstanding guy you know i believe in 95 percent of the stuff that he talks about is genuine on there it's just sometimes you will get stuck in some marketing BS, that kind of thing. So I haven't really seen Sean Layden, which is the head of Sony US, uh, on any of these shows either and not have a prominent like uh, presence out there with the different outlets and that kind of thing. And I was hoping, um, especially with, uh, what was the executive that went over to um, the other company? The um, God, I'm trying to remember his name. is the big chubby guy, the Adam Boys. Yeah. Adam Boys, yeah. He went over to... Uh... Uh, start the guys that did um, they were bought by Amazon um, they did didn't they do uh, they developed uh, Killer Instinct yeah. the latest Killer Instinct so yeah he's he's over there now last I heard yeah with Dave Lang and all them guys <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, never forget you know. never forget these people are trying to sell you a product and they yeah. will do whatever is in the best interest in order to sell that product that's all, okay. you have to, that's all you have to know. So, you know, and it's up to us as consumers to know if this is right for us. You know, if what the product they're saying, you know, is right for us. Okay. Now, pretty much this is E3 in a nutshell. I think we kind of covered everything and then some. So uh, we, I'm going to end this E3 coverage by covering the most important game that wasn't shown at E3. Uh, that we all know and will love once it comes out. And this is my harp, harp This is my uh, Microsoft executive moment. So Jade Empire. Um, oh no, no, PS4 exclusive. And this another one of those wonderful exclusives. Earth Defense Force Five has been delayed. No. Uh, to, uh, oh. To further improve quality, so it was supposed to come out in summer 2017, but that's been changed to simply 2017 on there. The reason for the delay, according to D3, is saying to further improve quality. So, so, so basically, Earth Defense 5 has been pushed back. We'll probably not see a U.S. version of this game probably until sometime in 2018. So, if you want to know why the the game and the show wasn't shown at E3 is because of the fact that they're still buffing and shining that thing, making sure that that thing is ship shape and ready to destroy thousands and thousands of tiny insects in a moment's notice. So no. um, all those insects tiny and insects and immigrant ships. They're yes. safe. <laughs> they are safe. No raid so. for them. So that concludes our E3 coverage. I hope you enjoyed it quite a bit. On there, I think we covered in all that and then some. So, 
Yeah, we so. did. We did. So let's transition from that to the playlist. What have we been playing this week? Uh, Des, why don't you kick us off, man? Uh, I've only been playing one game and one game only, and that is Mass Effect Andromeda. People say what you want about the animations, but I've enjoyed my time with this game. Spent over 70 hours on it. Um, on the last level, the last mission, getting ready to beat the game, you know, but I put that off because I am recording this podcast for all of you. <laughs> so, so, yes. Um, yeah, that's the only game I'm, I'm excited to beat it and finally get to the end of it story while while the story was a bit you know you kind of figured certain things were going to happen and certain things did uh but there were some twists and turns uh, this game has a lot of heart to it but i've always been a fan of of games that kind of i don't want to say fly under the radar because this is a triple a game but you know i'm always that one that when when people talk a lot of shit about a certain game like i'll go and play it and maybe i'm just like a really bad judge of games i don't know but I really like this game. Like I like this game. I liked I liked you know Dragon Age two. I beat that game. Um, I like so I liked I loved and my 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 personal favorite games of all time is uh, Alpha Protocol. <laughs> if you remember that game, I love that freaking. Anyway, so I like this game. It was fun. I'm getting ready to beat it. I'm probably gonna beat it after we finish this podcast. So and then I'm most likely gonna uh, go off and play some. Um, uh, Wipeout, the new Wipeout game. I got that. I cannot wait to that play that. That is awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to play that. Race some folks. I have not up. played it yet. I have not played it yet. I'm so sad. Well, well, soon you'll get it and we'll all race each other. You know, it'll be fun. Yeah. So, all Kev, right, what you been? Oh, oh. You, I want to see what Kevin's been playing because I, okay. I hope it's not Persona, but I know it is. I just know yes, it is. of course it's Persona. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, and I've talked ad nauseum about Persona 5. It's awesome. Y'all know about, y'all know that by now. But the other game that I've been playing is Tekken 7. Oh. And in conjunction with Tekken 7, I've been using my brand spanking new Fighting Commander pad by Hori. Um, so this is kind of going to be like a like a very brief uh, product review. The Fighting Commander pad is very good. I was when I I made the decision to switch to to switch to pad from arcade stick for Tekken Seven because while the but I, I like having the easy access to the buttons, uh, maneuvering in 3D space on Tekken Seven. Or doing the advanced maneuvers like the Korean backdash is dang near impossible for me. I I'll, I'll give myself carpal tunnel <laughs> trying to do that. So um, I decided to make a switch to the pad. So I was like, well, let me check out the just a standard PS4 pad. And the PS4 pad works well. But what I like about the Fighting Commander. The Hori's Fighting Commander in, uh, you know, juxtaposed against the standard PS4, uh, DualShock 4 is that the there is a little bit more cushioning in the digital pad that makes it slightly stiffer. But once you start working it and maneuvering with it, because the way the way I'm doing the Korean backdash is I'm backdashing and then I'm executing the cancel using the ball of my thumb and then continuing continuing the backdash that way. And it's a lot easier to do as opposed to what I was able to do on the arcade stick. So 
Plus the buttons are slightly larger. They're slightly stiffer, which I like because the way I hold the the controller, because Tekken is left is it you're you're there's not levels of attack. It's left punch, right punch, left kick, right kick. The way I hold the uh, the controller in my right hand, I kind of do like a claw style, and so I'm tilting the controller kind of in a 45 degree angle, so that I get most of my my finger mass on the buttons themselves as I press, and I'm able to do a lot of those um, quick combos uh, like rolling from left punch to right punch. I know Jin has a couple of maneuvers that require you to, it's not hitting rapidly one after the other, it's kind of rolling from one button press to the other. And I'm able to execute some of those moves a lot more uh, easier using the Fighting Commander uh, pad because of the larger buttons. So thoroughly enjoying it. The Fighting Commander pad is compatible with PS3, PS4, and PC. It has uh, turbo settings. It's got um, settings for, for where if you can, um, if you're playing a game that utilizes uh, uh, analog stick control, you can map the digital pad to the analog stick. So you'll still be able to play the game that way. The only downside that I have for the controller is that it doesn't have a 3.5 millimeter jack uh, for party chat. So you're going to have to be either on like either an independent headset or a some type of Bluetooth solution for that. But it's a fantastic product. Um, I'm definitely going to be that's going to be my Tekken 7 controller. The hardest the thing I'm doing right now for Tekken 7, and I'll end it with this, is actually trying to find a character that has moves that I can actually do. <laughs> Um, I this is I usually when I it's time to select a character for a fighting game I usually go with a character that I find you know appealing in some way either design or you know background story whatever but in this one I'm going to have to choose based on the ease of the combos because Tekken Seven is a lot of it, there each character has a laundry list of moves but in order to to execute proper combos for maximum damage, you're pulling inputs from multiple different combo strings and kind of fusing them into unique ones in and of themselves that become unique to that character. And some of them are not particularly easy to do. Mm. Uh, working with Jin, I'm having, Jin has a lot of back and forward movements and they have to be executed within a certain a certain time in order to keep your opponent either in an aerial juggle state or in the bound state uh, for maximum damage. And I'm, it's like, uh, so I'm going to have to go through the journey and seeing if I can, I kind of like want to work with Jin because I think he's a cool character, but I'm going to have to try and do some more research into the roster to find like a, you know, I'll say a beginning character uh, just so I can get, get, get a grip on the uniqueness of uh, that Tekken 7 brings and Tekken in general. So that's now, what I've been doing this week. There's only one answer to the character to select. That would have to be Bob. 
That's going to be my main <laughs> man of girth and a dashing good looks, just like myself. So, <laughs> Robert yeah. Richards is Bob Richards is going to be my main in Tekken. Seven there you go. You need, I, a, you need to cosplay that. <laughs> Seriously, at, at PSX, you need to cosplay that. You make know it, it man. Make it work. I will make it work. <laughs> so, what you been playing, Joe? Uh, not much. I had the week off for E3, and I still worked a little overtime. See, over the 20 man hours. take a vacation. I'm telling you, people, the man cannot take a vacation. <laughs> oh, between E3 coverage and then you know doing this, doing that, um, I did manage to play a few things. Uh, just my old usuals. Uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel. I'm still progressing in that. I'm up to level 13 in that now. Um, Got back into Totokin 2 a little bit, and uh, I had to ac- actually go back into the tutorials to remember how the <laughs> weapons combos worked. <laughs> so, you know, that's it's been a while since you haven't done that. I was actually starting to progress the story a little bit on there. So still trying to decide on the weapon on the game. It just seems, seems like uh, I was doing the uh, gauntlets, but there's not a lot of combos with the gauntlets. There's not a lot of gameplay with it, just a lot of bashing and the timing, that kind of thing. So I'm craving a little bit more um, intricacy, but uh, not too much intricacy, I guess. So um, I started messing with the long sword and also with the um, twin blades with the knives. And so I'm going to check out both of them. It seems like the knives are good, but uh, I'm going to see about this. There's a lot of combos with the sword, but uh, I would love to get them written down somewhere or something that way. I could like kind of access them while I play to get used in and then learn my button combinations, that kind of thing. So they're in the but tutorial. I like the whip. And then in the tutorial, but I would like to access them uh, while I'm playing the game too proper. That way I could practice some of my combos, that kind of thing. So practice in the tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> I like the whip. The whip is probably my favorite weapon so far. I've been really enjoying that. As doing bow. Like, well, I'm always a ranged fighter. Range support. Well, we'll have to see. I want to get back into the game, so if you guys want to play. If anyone, if you listeners want to play as well, just let us know. Uh, if you're looking for a cheap way to get in, Totokin 2 is on sale at GameStop right now for 40 bucks, I believe. If it's used, you get for like uh, 30 bucks. Give or take. I know the um, Vita version's as low as twenty four ninety nine now. Right now, it's on sale. So, and twenty four ninety nine used, of course. Of course, if you want to support the publisher, you know, buy it new. But uh, <laughs> don't leave it to me. The yeah. the uh, highball on that. I buy the games I want to play though new on there. Uh, the, sometimes I'll be, will buy used if need be, but uh, not going to ride that high horse. So, yeah. So we're going to move into the drop this week. We got a, some pretty interesting games. I know there's some definitely a game or two on this list that I'm looking forward to jumping into. So, uh, Joe, why don't you kick us off with what we can expect to play brand new this coming week? Well, one game I kind of wanted to mention that we kind of touched upon really super briefly uh, last week with the whole E3 coverage and all that. But ARMS came out this last Friday on the Switch. On that, that's that uh, character boxing game that looks so so good. Has been getting good reviews, good coverage on that. Um, so I think you're probably well aware that it's been one of the main games that they featured on their E3 coverage. Even had a tournament on the Nintendo Treehouse coverage this past E3. So, any of you guys looking forward to playing that, or is that something you guys are going to buy for your Switch once you do buy it? I will probably not be buying it, but I will play it at your house. 
Well, I'm not buying it actually. So the lies you tell, you be buying it. <laughs> I'm not buying that game. No, I, that game looks. Yeah, you know, I wish it was more of a punch out type of game where you're playing against the computer. But I'm gonna watch coverage of it and kind of see from there as far as if I'll be purchasing that or not. I'm not buying it day one. I could tell you that right now. I already got Splatoon two. On pre-order with the promo deal with Best Buy for forty bucks, and uh, I haven't even cracked up a Mario Kart eight. So, my Switch is getting abused, unfortunately, in preference to the 3DS as far as my portable gameplay. So, but other games coming out this next upcoming week: uh, Final Fantasy fourteen Stormblood's finally coming out. On that, uh, that is the latest. Um, game and the MMO structure of that title on there. I know you said in the week, couple weeks ago that you were picking this up, right, Desmond? Probably. I mean, I can't see why I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, the subscription always kind of barked at me as far as buying that game, but I don't, I don't have time to play that game, so I'm not picking it up. Like, so. Well, I'm not buying it, like, like immediately, but I will. I mean, yeah. I'll own it eventually and, and play it. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some digital games on the list, too, that kind of caught my eye. I know one game I'm buying day one, and that would be uh, Housemark's Next Machina coming out for PlayStation 4. If you hadn't, haven't had a chance to check out the game prior, I think on Gamer Husband's Radio, our prior podcast, um, we covered it kind of full detail. But it's a um, twin-stick shooter overhead that uh, was co-designed by... Um, Eugene Jarvis, which is uh, the developer of a lot of games in the past, like Defender, Robotron 2084, uh, and also Smash TV on it. So it's, think it's super arcadey, super fast, super twitch, twin stick shooter, and it's in that same style on that. That game played excellent when we both played that PlayStation experience. Is it a day one for you, Kevin? I know oh, it's absolutely. Day one for me. Absolutely. I'm kind of trying to tie it in because there's a promotion on PSN that runs, I believe, until Tuesday that if you purchase $100 worth of PSN titles or content that you get a $15 credit back. And so uh, especially with some of the stuff that's on sale with the um, E3 celebration sale, uh, I know that they had the, uh, um, the Horizon Zero Dawn expansion actually on sale for $14.99 versus $19.99 that especially with some pre-orders you might be able to tie in spend the hundred bucks get the 15 back so Mm -hmm. so so definitely looking forward to that Uh, there's some other games though are coming out this week Uh, Dead by Daylight which is uh, one versus four uh, like almost like a a versus uh, co-op game that's been out on PC is finally getting a console release on both uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Kind of keep an eye out on that. Um, there's also this game called Get Even that's finally coming out uh, as of this week on June 23rd. Um, they pushed this game back. It was initially supposed to have come out from uh, Bandai Namco last month, but uh, because of the whole uh, incident in London about the um, Adriana Grande shooting, uh, they pushed back the release of this game by one month. Uh, it's like a um, first-person shooter game. It's a, a story-driven narrative. Obviously, by the title "Get Even," it's about getting revenge on someone. So, it's developed by the Farm Fifty One, which also developed the Surge and also the um, Lords of the Fallen on there. So they're kind of stepping out of their uh, Dark Souls-esque box to kind of do their own thing. So I'm kind of curious about this game. I don't know if I'll be buying it day one. 
Have you guys uh, watched the trailer or been uh, keeping an eye on this one at all? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen any gameplay. Yeah. Uh, same. I mean, I probably will be waiting for you to buy it and, and give me your impressions of it. Well, I'll see if, you know, you know me, I buy stuff and whether I get to play them, I don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need to retire versus working all this overtime. I need to do the exact opposite. So, oh, gosh, <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day. No, you know, even if I was retired, there's not enough hours in the day to play all and, this stuff I play. Last thing, game on the list is a game called God Wars Future Past. That is a uh, turn-based strategy game uh, originally published in Japan by Kodawada Games, uh, which is basically a subsidiary of Famitsu. <laughs> uh, the game is looking quite okay, looking good. Um, it's, like I said, turn-based, grid-based um, strategy RPG. Um, so kind of watching some footage of it. Uh, I, I'm actually pre-ordered it because of the fact that um right now it retails for 50 bucks but amazon has it on sale right now for like about under 30 bucks it's like 29 dollars and some change on that so to get 20 bucks off a new release right then and there before it's even released it comes out on tuesday on both ps4 and vita i'm taking a, a chance on it now whether i actually get to and play it to play it right away we'll have to see but uh um and basically, the uh, the game is based in feudal Japan, and that's during the times where, according to the storyline, that people had a chance to um, interact with gods and, and basically help are helping gods fight with other gods. Hence, the title of the game, God Wars Future Past. So, um, we'll see if I get to or get some coverage on this game. Um, definitely, uh, definitely work, worth a shot if you are a, a strategy RPG fan. So. So that's basically the game's coming out next week. That is your drop. All right. And with that, we are going to bring episode six of Gaming Vessels to a close. Uh, before we part, before we part ways for another week, folks, we're just going to give you our contact information. I can be reached at Shonuff71 on Twitter. Joe can be reached at Joe Fongool. Des can be reached at Nemo Cub. My PSN ID is Shonuff71. Joe's is at Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. Mine is at Nemo Cub. Nope, mine is at Joe got it wrong. Mine is at Nemo, N-E-M-O Tigger, T-G-G-R. That's my... Oh, Nemo Tigger? Yeah, Nemo Tigger. Yeah, so Nemo Tigger, so... <laughs> so I meant to correct it, but you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. And for feedback, send us your questions if you'd like to be a participant on the show, because part of what we want to do with with uh, gaming vessels is actually have people that listen to bring their points of view on the gaming industry, the games they like to play, and inter in you know fuse that into what we're doing here. Reach, you can reach us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. And that is going to do it, folks. Uh, I'm Shonuff. That's Joe. That's Dez. And we're out. Peace.